Hello, friends, and welcome to the second episode of the Movie Babble podcast. We appreciate everyone that listened to the first episode a few months back, and we apologize for not getting another episode out in a timely manner. Uh, we're kind of working through the bugs to see what we can do with, with this medium, and we're really excited to push forward, and we're, po- we're positive that we're going to send more content out on a regular basis to you guys, but... Thank you, everyone, for staying patient with us. And as always, this episode is brought to you by our very own website. That's MovieBibleReviews.com. We could use another sponsor. Um, Come on, businesses out there. What are are the ones that always sponsor podcasts? We could could use a little MeUndies our way. I'm sure your products are really comfortable, really form-fitting. Or even Gillette. I I need to shave. Um, Yeah, come on, other sponsors. We're waiting for you. Just come on home. Just come on home. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, uh, there's a lot of content on the site. We've been putting a lot of content out recently. I have a bunch of reviews out myself. Uh, Equalizer 2 came out. I should have other reviews out for Mamma Mia. Here we go again. I'm going to have to sell my man card at the theater when I go to see that one. But I'm going to see it for you guys because I care. I really care. And then I'm going to have a review up for Unfriended Dark Web, which is about as stupid as that title. So, yeah, we're really excited to bring this second episode to you. Again, I am joined by uh, Stephen Finley in this one, and we had a spirited debate, I guess you'd call it that, about uh, the current climate of Star Wars and what it is looking for and what it entails, and I, I like to think that both me and Stephen have our reservations about what's going to be the future of Star Wars, but... We hashed it out. We talked everything from the beginning when Disney first bought Star Wars to every film they've done so far, including an extensive discussion of The Last Jedi. So I guess that's your trigger warning. But uh, we really enjoyed this conversation, and we hope that it um, brings some fun, topical, and even a little controversial uh, pieces to your discussion of Star Wars. We think it was a worthy discussion to have, which is why we did it. So, yeah, without further ado, I'm going to kick it uh, to myself and Steven. So, uh, operator, uh, cue the music. Once again, I am here with Stephen Finley. Stephen, how you doing, my man? Doing good. We're ready for uh, ready for round two, theme Star Wars this week. Yeah, no one uh, berated us online or anything like that, so I guess we did decently, or no one listened. I don't know. Either way, yeah. either way, we're still here. Um, yeah. But yeah, we wanted to. I think we wanted to really go into uh, Star Wars because there's been a lot going on recently. Um, I guess we had Solo, which happened, um, to say the least. And before that was The Last Jedi and all this other stuff. So I think we thought we would be it would be a really good idea to just go into what exactly Disney is doing with the property. So I, I guess the best way to start this is just to kind of talk about uh, the beginning. So I guess, what was it, 2013 was when Disney bought Star Wars? And then, shortly after that, 2015 came The Force Awakens. Um, I don't know how you feel about this one, Stephen, but I I genuinely love The Force Awakens. I there's a I think there's a lot of um, critiques you can make about that movie. Like it's I get it the the New Hope, uh, New Hope stuff is obvious pretty obvious in there, but the new cast is just really really fun. Um, I just love their dynamics. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. No, I'd, I'd actually agree. I, I really liked The Force Awakens. I mean, before that happened, they wasn't it Disney bought it for three billion or four billion? It was like something. yeah, something like five. I don't know, something really yeah. stupid. Because <laughs> it was such a big deal to see Star Wars back in the cinema again, and everybody flocked. To I mean, it made it made two billion at the box office. But I, I really liked it, and I think it was partly because J.J. Abrams was behind it. Like he was naturally able to kind of give a lot of mystery to it. Like who was who was Snook and who was Ray really? Who she who she was underneath, 
and what was Kylo Ren all about? I really liked it. I, I thought it was a, re- a really, it was just a new take on Star Wars, and it introduced some mystery. So, I liked, I liked it. Yeah, I th- I'd, be, I'd, 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 I'd agree with you. I think it's, you know I think it's the perfect way to soft reboot a franchise. Uh, I, th- yeah. I think, I think, well, JJ obviously had some experience doing that with Star Trek. Um, I still really love that two two thousand nine Star Trek. I think yeah. it, I think it's kind of been lost a little bit on us at this point. But yeah. I, I really, really love that movie, and yeah, I think Force Awakens is kind of the same thing. I, I, I mean, after what after the prequels, I think you just needed to just do something to just kind of give. Star Wars fans just like a little bit of hope to like pat them on the back and say don't worry uh, we got you this isn't going to be the worst thing in the world um, so I, I just yeah, I, I, it's a, probably one of the hardest jobs in, in movie history I would think just to like make, yeah. make that a legitimate movie that people like uh, I think people have gone back on it a little bit but uh, I don't know I still remember before I even started Movie Babble and I was just just a just a kid, and I went to the theater Friday morning for like a ten o'clock showing. I got there about an hour early, and the only seats available uh, in the theater were either the first row or in the handicap zone. So I was, I was, it was, it was just amazing to just kind of see that. That was like probably the first movie experience. I was like, ah, oh, this is so cool. This is a legitimate event. Um, but then from there, and then from there, oh, we got Rogue One, which. I think people are pretty positive on, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I can I can see the backlash saying that Rogue One was a more kind of dull version of Star Wars, and I, I get I get the fact because it was it was the first like Rogue One was the first kind of peripheral movie that wasn't related to the episodic and uh, numbered movies, and that kind of got people going. That kind of got got personally got that's what got me excited about that movie because it was like holy shit, it's got a Star Wars movie that doesn't actually. You know, directly relate to what's going on in, in the timeline that we all know and love. And I, I know that there's there's graphic novels and uh, books and obviously TV shows like uh, yeah, the, the Clone Wars. And the, I wouldn't really be an expert in the lore of Star Wars. Yeah, neither am I. I think that's probably important to say up front that we just kind of like these movies. <laughs> we like the movies a lot. Um, but we don't know much about the extra stuff, which I think yeah. um, people might get angry angry about. But oh well. But, yeah, just disclaimer. This is just errors. <laughs> oh, and we're errors. gonna we're gonna spoil the we're, we're gonna spoil the shit out of these movies. So if you haven't seen seen these, um, tread lightly. Or if you don't like spoilers, whatever. Or if you just like listening to us, yeah, keep going. But especially so. Yeah. Really. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, Rogue One is, I think, is, I mean, I had it. It's its issues in production were well documented. Um, they basically reshot like most of that, uh, most of that movie, or at least just the ending. I know there's, there, there's like a couple endings that popped online that were just really different from the one we got. Um, yeah. I kind of love. Uh, it's kind of a fan fic uh, section, but I kind of love just Darth Vader just destroying everything in sight. Um, yeah. <laughs> that hit me at the right age where I was like, oh, this is so awesome. <laughs> this is the coolest yeah. thing ever. Um, like that, that was probably my favorite part of that movie. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, looking back on that movie, I don't really care much about the characters. Um, they're kind of just cannon fodder, but, um, I really love, uh, I think Gareth Edwards is just a really cool director, just the way he yeah. creates visuals. I think that's probably the, one of the, the nicest looking Star Wars movie. I just, um, but there, I think there's a lot to like in that movie. And then, and then we got to, uh, what probably started all of this conversation to begin with, which is The Last Jedi. Um, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit divisive to say the least, a little bit. Yeah. Um, what did you think of that movie? All right, so, <laughs> and I, you know, I know a lot of people out there absolutely detest that movie, but I went in and I actually saw it a little late. I didn't see it on the first day, which was weird for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I saw it in kind of an empty theater. But I actually, to be honest, when I saw the movie uh, initially, I actually really enjoyed it. I have to really, I have to be really honest. Yeah, me too. 
Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're you're good. Go ahead. But it was it was only after I sort of thought back on it and read more online about what was happening in the production, I kind of started to see all the kind of red flags and how the movie was sort of. Uh, how the likes of Kathleen Kennedy was sort of injecting all these identity politics and the, the whole so SJW kind of angle on it and I kind of definitely the last Jedi left Sarah taste in, in my mouth although I did actually really enjoy the movie which is kind of a weird thing to say yeah I totally there's definitely there's a lot in that movie that I really really like I think I mean well first of all they just gave the big, the most coveted franchise to just one guy Ryan Johnson said hey do what you want which I think was really really interesting um there's just like a weird like meta thing going on in that movie where it's just kind of commenting on the movie itself and Star Wars in general um just with like Kylo Ren saying like uh forget the past kill it if you can like he Ryan Johnson clearly didn't want to like be hamstrung by the rest of the series and wanted to do his own thing which, yeah. I mean, in some ways it's really cool because I think there's some really cool stuff in that movie. But then there's also just like, it could have been reined in a little bit. Um, I didn't need the save the animals side plot. <laughs> or <laughs> didn't need Canto Bite really much at all. Um, there's, there's definitely a lot of fat in, this, in that movie I would trim off. And yeah, I think... It's really... I still think it's an interesting movie. Um, I can't remember what I graded it when I first reviewed it. I think I gave it like a B plus or something like that. And I think I would still give it that grade. Um, I think it's really interesting to go back and hear what people really hate about that movie and how it treated um, Luke Skywalker and... Yeah. Um, I... The, go, go ahead. That's the, like, that's the thing about... Like when you go back and you look at all these interviews of Mark Hamill, it's so obvious that he did not like that script when mm-hmm. he first read it because he's, his yeah. hands are kind of tied with Disney. He's always sort of given these half answers and it's like, you know, he wasn't happy about where the character was going because Luke Skywalker is, Luke Skywalker's like in the lore, he's one of the most powerful Jedis. He's like, he's Darth Vader's son. And then they kind of reduce him to this kind of grumpy old curmudgeon that didn't really have much of a purpose and even as the spoiler alert even his uh, even his death kind of didn't really hit a lot of people i read that didn't really fulfill a lot of people's you know their vision of what his return would be like and even when he he started the the kind of end scene with kylo ren when he's about to fight him they have that kind of non-fight i thought it was a cool twist like little things like that kind of do subvert the, the star wars universe but what happens when it happens to such beloved characters? It it, it's a, it does become a bit toxic with fans. Like James Mangold, like he was saying that, uh, like you know James Mangold, he yeah. directed Logan, and he was he's gonna be he was apparently attached to some of the Star Wars, uh, the, the future Star Wars movies. He said that making a Star Wars movie nowadays isn't like making a sequel to a normal franchise. It's like making a sequel to the Bible. Which, yeah. That's, I understand that. It's so accurate. Yeah, it. it's so accurate. Um, I, I honestly, I didn't even, I didn't mind um, the Luke, the Luke stuff in the Last Jedi. Uh, maybe that's me, kind of just being uh, like a fan of the movies. But I kind of felt like it was a logical um, step for his character after what he's been through, kind of. So if yeah. he, if he basically just started the. Uh, the, created the teeth of the First Order with um, failing to teach Kylo Ren um, and all that. I think it's kind of it makes sense. I think from a from a writing perspective to put him in that place, just kind of being like a depressed loner who drinks weird green milk out of sea monsters. Um, <laughs> but um, that was I, weird. Yeah, I I cut. To be honest, I kind of like the weird stuff like that in Star Wars, like where the little creature pops up and it just makes like a weird noise, and then it oh, uh, yeah. and then it disappears. Like it's kind of fun, but it's um, cute. It's very cute. Like. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't I didn't need him milking the teat of a weird space monster, um, but I guess that's neither here nor there. But I don't know. I think I think Luke is. Um, 
I think there's a little bit of revisionist history going on with Luke. I mean, he wasn't. He's he's the most he's obviously the most powerful Jedi and one of the coolest characters ever. But I feel like there's there's a weird. It's kind of like Michael Jordan with basketball. Like everyone just remembers the greatest hits, and um, people probably hate people probably hate me already. But I don't know. I feel like that that was a logical choice for um, for that character. No, I know what you're saying. I, I agree with you as well. Like. Because uh, I know Joseph, I remember Joseph Gordon-Levitt actually really defended the movie on Twitter. He was saying that, uh, you know, and I, I have to agree with him. It's like, you know, just what you're saying, Luke Skywalker, he might be the same character, but he's not of the same mindset. He's, he's developed. And not all, if you're going to be realistic with, 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 the, with the narrative, every character becomes, like every character is gray. No character is black and white. Exactly. That, that's what I liked about uh, Skywalker's uh, Mark Hamill's character was because he wasn't what I expected. Which what I meant, what what I meant when I, when I mentioned about subverting the whole kind of Star Wars lore, which you weren't really expecting it. Like when Ray gives him the lightsaber at the end of The Force Awakens, and then at the, like the star of the Last Jedi, he throws it over his shoulder. It's like, <laughs> whoa! It's, just, it's not. Uh, this isn't Luke Skywalker. This isn't the one I I, I knew and I knew and loved, but. I know what you're saying. It's it's a logical kind of progression for his character, and a lot a lot of people again like a religion. Not all the people are going to be happy with that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't love that um, that lightsaber moment. I think that was a little that was a little too tongue tongue in cheek for me. But um, yeah, like absolutely, I think that's one of the that's one of these things. Like it it really is like I don't want to say a cult because that's just mean. And there's a lot of Star Wars fans that are. Just they just love the character. They just love the characters and like Colt. That's just way too strong a word. But there's definitely just like a really hard following of these characters, and it's almost like because they've been Luke has been in geek fandom for years now since the eighties and and the seventies, and they've kind of they've seen this character grow up and then disappear, and now he's back, and they want to see him do all this really cool things and the, the movie didn't give him that. And I think the last Jedi is, it's a little frustrating in that way. Like it doesn't give you the answers that you're looking for. And that's, I think that's kind of like, there's a lot of wish fulfillment going into this new trilogy that people yeah. were hoping. And this movie just was like, you know what? We're not going to give that to you and you're going to deal with it. And I think that really rubbed people the wrong way from the start. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, Given a few years, people might look like revisit the Last Jedi and give it a little more credit. Um, but yeah, like uh, sorry, I, th- I think like I have a friend uh, Alex. I was talking to him two days ago, and he's a he's a he's a he's a huge film head and film boss and filmmaker, and he he has a completely different opinion to what what most would say about the Last Jedi. Basically, that. Creatively, it's actually a pretty decent movie, but in terms of fanship, it's not really. It doesn't make people happy, which is, it's just it's just impossible to make everybody happy. Like, like maybe, maybe they should have gone a bit more traditional. But like, this was the second film in the trilogy, so they had to kind of go the more Empire Strikes Back kind of journey, where it was a bit. It ended a bit, you know controversially it didn't really end well it wasn't all happy laughs and smiles the way the new hope was and at the return of the jedi so you can kind of get from that angle where it it, it kind of ryan johnson did try and do things a little differently and that's why that's why i personally enjoyed it yeah i agree it's just it's just like there was a lot of outcry after the force awakens for something different and that was kind of like the big critique coming out of that movie it's like all right like you basically gave us a new hope. Like we want something different. We want something different. And then they got something different and they didn't like what they got. So if I'm Disney, I'm just sitting there like, what the fuck are we supposed to do right now? Like, like we tried, we tried all this stuff and now we're getting killed for it. Um, it's just, a, it's, I don't envy anyone at Disney who works with Star Wars. Like Kathleen Kennedy might have the toughest job in, yeah. in entertainment. It is, it's so hard to, like, because you even see with, 
there's there's outcries for Marvel and DC and all those, but none of them have ever gone to the level of what Star Wars has been through the past year or well, I guess six sixish months since the Last Jedi. It's it's kind of crazy, honestly. Yeah. Like I mean, I mean, when you compare it to Marvel, it's like Marvel is a little different because. Like, I, I know Star Wars kind of started off in the 70s with George Lucas, but then after that, it was kind of like, when Marvel came out, they kind of, they have a kind of precedent anyway with the comics. So they have to, they kind of have this kind of, they have this path already geared out towards where they want to go. But with Star Wars, it's a little bit watery. We don't really know where, to, what, what the best kind of narratives are to kind of introduce. And like, my biggest problem with Solo, I, I know we're still talking about, uh, the Last Jedi, but my biggest problem with Solo was that they're trying to set up things that are pretty much already kind of set up. Yeah. And w- 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 when we see these stories happening, it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. If, we know why they're, they're they're kind of pumping all this money in. Why? Why? What the hell is, are Disney thinking? Yeah. If so, we can get, we can jump to Solo. I think that's fine. Um, yeah. Solo was just kind of like a nothing movie to me. It just, yeah. it just didn't feel consequential at all. Like I just, I mean, I just kind of watched it and then I forgot about it a day later. I was talking to my brother who really, really loves Star Wars, and um, like I talked to him a week later. I was like, you know, I don't remember much about Solo already. It's just, I, I, I can't. It's not, it's not bad. I think. We live in a, we live in a time where everything's either the best or the worst thing ever, but it's just it just doesn't have that personality that you would want out of that type of movie. I think I don't know, Ron Howard. I just think is a little. He, I mean, given the bind they were in, you know, Phil uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller exit. They're apparently pretty bad on set with listening to directions, so they just need someone to just kind of fill in the gaps and get this thing uh, right. Um, but it just felt like the wrong choice, kind of, because just, he's just too earnest as a director. Yeah. And he just, like, there, there needed to be some weird, zany stuff in this movie. And I felt, Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I kind of felt like Lord and Miller would have brought that. I mean, who knows? It could have been a disaster in, an, in a yeah. completely different way. But they would have, I think they would have at least created some really just bizarre and silly, like, just uh, set pieces, and they might have even joked at how inconsequential the movie was to begin with, because that's, I mean, yeah. that's kind of what they did with Jump Street and Lego movies, like, they're just going, they're going all in with, like, we know this is a little ridiculous, but you're going to like yeah. it anyway, because it's well made. And I, was literally about, I was literally about to say the same thing. Like, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, they, they, they're guys that could have been a, a little bit more cheeky with that movie. Like, I, I felt as if Ron Howard kind of played it a little safe in making a kind of... It, it, was, just, it was just too dull. I think he was the wrong, he was the wrong guy for that movie. I yeah. mean, like, and not to say that I don't like Ron Howard. I love... Like, somebody, like uh, that movie Rush, I love that movie. Oh, Rush is really, really good. Yeah, like, he, he, can, make great, he can make great stuff, but... It's like Solo, because Han Solo is the type of character where he is this kind of rebellious bad boy, and they needed a kind of a kind of uh, they needed kind of irreverent directors to kind of put that kind of uh, tone into the film, and and I actually liked uh, Alden Alden how do you say his name uh, Aaron Ehrenreich. Aaron Reich, yeah yeah I actually really liked him in the movie yeah I did kind too. Of, I thought he was yeah, fine. He, go ahead. No, yeah, I thought he, I thought he was fine. Like, I, with what they gave him to do, um, I just thought he he played the part. You're never going to be P. Harrison Ford. That's literally impossible. Um, but yeah, he's he's he was fine, and I've I've really liked him as an actor in in the past. I really I I'm one of the few people that actually likes Hail Caesar, and the Coen Brothers movie that he was in. And I think he was the best part of that movie. It was just, yeah, it just like it. It just you just needed you needed something. You needed something a little a little extra oomph or something like that to get that movie going. And I wonder if part of that was because 
of the backlash to The Last Jedi. I mean, I knew they were already far into production, but they must have, after the initial outcry of that movie, which came out in December, um, by that point, Han, Han Solo was heavily in reshoots um, to f- work with Ron Howard and basically fix that entire movie. So you have to wonder if they filmed that movie with that in mind of trying to just like, all right, we tried this weird thing. Now let's just go back to the hits. Let's make this. Let's make this movie, and everyone will enjoy it, and we won't have to deal with any crazy backlash this time around. But which is the same. The same. They're finding themselves in the same situation with Episode Nine now, because mm-hmm. that 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 sequence is kind of doomed now because that's already kind of in production now, so they don't really have a lot of wiggle room to kind of change things. They're in a similar position now to the way Justice League was after, say, Batman vs Superman. Yeah, because after Batman vs Superman, the backlash was crazy. People hated it. You're like, it's too dark, too gritty, doesn't make sense. And then I know. Zack Snyder was all, you know, he, he had a tragedy in the family, and then he put Josh Whedon on the project, and it just kind of came this weird mess, this amalgamation of two creative directions kind of going into yeah. one car crash. That's what I kind of predict. If I had to kind of predict what episode nine would be like, I think it actually, un- unless, I don't know how they can fix the problem, but unless they kind of give the reins to JJ again, which I think they're actually doing, it says on IMDb that he's kind of back in the, in the, the directorial seat, but he he, he was offered Kat, uh, Kathleen Kennedy's job and obviously he refused to do that. Yeah. But I think that maybe if they are going to go forward with it, they need to kind of put someone in charge, which is the problem because nobody wants to be in charge of this. <laughs> it's, it's a career disaster. or At least the, the risk is too great for a big director. Yeah, I'm actually, with episode nine, I'm, I'm a little, like, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic because... I don't know. Did you see Fall, uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom? No. Oh uh, well. Oh, uh, I am. After that movie, I am very skeptical of Colin Trevorrow as a as a writer, and apparently that was the issue with Episode Nine when he was on board. They him and Disney just couldn't figure out a script that worked. Yeah, and well, he's out now, doesn't he? He's gone. Isn't yeah, he? I know, and that's and that's kind of why I. I I'm, I kind of feel okay with JJ again because I I hate to say it but Jurassic World was a mess from a screenwriting perspective. Fun Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, and it was yeah, and coming off of the heels of uh, the book of Henry last year, which I still haven't seen, but apparently people despise that movie for the uh, Trevor's last movie. So I'm, but it's just one of those things. I think heading back to. The, the Last Jedi and the controversy that came from it. It's just it's just so, so hard, I think, to make a movie that pleases uh, Star Wars fans these days. And uh, I, th- I want to say it's like, you can like whatever you want. Uh, like whatever movie you want. I don't really care. <laughs> I, I Like, you can like whatever things you want. You can like Transformers. You can hate Citizen Kane. Like, I don't, like, I don't care. Like, if, if it... If it's good for you, good for you. Like that's awesome. Like uh, that's great for you. I hope you have a lot of fun. But it's then, a, and it's such it's such a pity that people don't think like that when it comes to huge franchises. Yeah, and that's so, where and that's where all this backlash is coming in into problems because now you have, I guess, switching gears here. To, you have uh, Kelly Marie Tran, who was just yeah. basically just bullied off of social media by people after the movie because. They were making fun of her looks, her acting, um, her Asian ethnicity. It was just, it's it's starting to cross the line, you know? Like, even, I mean, this isn't new to Star Wars. It, like, with the prequels, you had people uh, killing Jake Lloyd for his performance in the first movie. You had uh, Ahmad Best, who played Jar Jar Banks, who pe- he said after the, what, uh, the prequels did to him. He basically was suicidal for a while, and yeah, like it's not it's not new to Star Wars the reaction, but it's with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram now. It's becoming more and more accessible and noticeable and even lethal, which really scares me. I mean, I don't know what you think about that, but I'm just kind of that's kind of I think that's the biggest reason why no one wants to 
do one of these movies anymore because it's just I don't want to have to deal with people on Twitter. <laughs> like there's there's so much more collateral damage with these movies, and you said it there as well. It is because of social media because that didn't happen back in the seventies or the eighties. Uh, you could look you could look at uh, the character the the actress who played Rose in the Last Jedi, Kelly Marie Tran. I mean, she deleted her, or she actually deleted her whole Instagram account because of, it was it was actually getting that bad. But the kind of notion here is that this whole kind of toxic backlash is kind of making the whole situation more polarizing because you know if the kind of notion is that if you really love the Last Jedi, well then you know apparently you're a far left social justice warrior, and, and if you ha- if you absolutely despise the movie, you know you, you're probably looked at as an alt right racist. Yeah, exactly. Or, I don't know, but that's the problem. That if you're gonna criticize the Last Jedi, you might fall into one of those brackets, those kind of cringy brackets. But when I watched the Last Jedi, I it wasn't that I had a problem with the whole, and it was very, very obvious that they were kind of pumping the whole kind of, you know, how how do you say it? The whole the whole SJW thing again, because although I I did enjoy the movie. I did not, and I knew going in that it was a controversial movie. Right. So when I saw all these kind of elements kind of coming together, and you know, uh, Finn's romance with Rose, uh, Princess Leia being commanded and putting putting um, uh, what's her name, Laura Dern's character, Vice Admiral Haldo, and mm-hmm. then Paul, Paul Dameron's kind of kind of uh, kind of decline and kind of he was just kind of this nobody in the movie that was a bit of a loose cannon. And um, then Luke Skywalker is just a kind of nobody on a, on a rock. So it's kind of like, it is pushing the more feminine angle in The Last Jedi, where Kathleen Kennedy was saying that when Solo was coming out, this is more of a male-orientated movie. You obviously, you have Solo, you have Lando in that movie. So maybe the, the male audience will flock towards that. But it seems as though Solo is the type of character where only the older, I'd say more conservatively leaning kind of fans would be watching that and then that just wasn't the case after the last Jedi because those people just didn't like where the, the whole thing was going I think yeah I don't it, know what you think about that yeah it's one of the, yeah it was one of those things where like it was kind of the, the last Jedi was still like hugely successful like it made I think it made like 1.6 billion dollars something like that it was just it's still a massive hit but then, like, even, like, the cinema score for it was really high. It's, like, the opening day um, rating that comes out from, like, the, like, Nielsen and all those guys. Uh, it was still, it was, like, I think it was the same exact grade from opening day audiences as The Force Awakens. So, like, it was, it was fine for a while. And then this kind of just ugly underbelly kind of just reared its head <laughs> for lack of a better uh, phrase there and just sorry but let me just clarify that although i liked the last jedi i'm not at all at all trying to advocate the abuse towards kelly marie tran oh absolutely not at all trying to advocate any racism discriminatory all i'm saying is that i think that if you're going to make a movie on that scale you should try and kind of refrain from forcing politics down their throat that's all I'm trying to say. Like, I, all I want to do is see a nice movie. Oh, I, I, to- I totally agree there. Um, I don't think it hit me as hard as it did you. Um, I, I maybe, I don't know, just didn't really notice it. But there are, there's a lot of movies that are really pushing that angle recently. Um, the one that comes to mind for me is the, is the first Purge that just came out. Um, okay. Like, the, the Purge movies have never been subtle, like, ever, <laughs> about what they're trying to do. And uh, this movie, I think, was even stronger with that uh it focused on how the first purge was basically started in staten island and it was with um it they really the the new incredibly right-leaning fictional um political party that's in the movie uh targeted these lower income lower income uh minority uh neighborhoods to really spearhead the the purge and and it's really going from that angle and it's I think it's really it's one thing. I mean, if you if you're gonna do a movie that deals with political and social issues, like please, like by all means, go for it. But I I do think it's one of those things where it's like I don't want to. Like, I don't think anyone wants to get things shoved down their throat, which is where 
uh, the issue comes in. And uh, I really, there's another movie that really that I just watched, Sorry to Bother You, that I really, really love. And yeah, it, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen that yet. Sorry to put you off, boy. Yeah, I know we spoke about that in their last podcast, and I can't wait to see that. And it's and it's kind of the same. It talks about the same issues as the first Purge, where it's about um, minority groups from a lower income uh, neighborhood uh, trying to rise up and like get and get the respect that they deserve. But it's it was just done in such a way that like it's really really it's earned and it's incredibly fun and poignant. And I think that's the part that The Last Jedi missed. It just kind of said, like, hey, here's social issues and cultural issues in this movie. Here here it is. Look at it. Yeah. And then, But it, it doesn't do much with it. And I think that's, that's... I don't know if... I mean, a lot of the issues around this movie are politically charged, so people just might not agree with what they're ha- they have to say. But for, yeah. me, for me, it's just like, ah, like, I don't... I kind of like to be entertained. I don't like when... People are like forcing um, this down my throat because I mean we I mean it's it's understandable like you have your all art is political there's there's definitely there's stuff in there for everything but I think it's making it smart and actually having something to say that I think that the Last Jedi just didn't yeah. really hit the mark with exactly like I think if you're gonna go that angle you have to kind of go at it like uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out. Mm-hmm. So you're so you're so kind of gung ho with the whole kind of political social aspect that you just know it's going to hit. But when you kind of disguise when you disguise these kind of political affiliations into a Star Wars movie, which is like I the top top three biggest franchises of all time, probably you're playing with fire because the audience the audience is bigger, you know, the fanship is bigger, and the, the, and the criticism will be bigger. And that's the only problem I have I have with the Last Jedi is that. I mean, and that and that puts that puts Star Wars in a weird position moving forward because it's like, what, what do you do? So, Solo really did not make money at the box office. Um, last time I checked, it was like it didn't even make four hundred million dollars worldwide. So it, yeah, it made like three eighty or something. Yeah, and even. and so oh, math is hard, but so the budget was two hundred and fifty million, I think, and then. So the, I think the rule of thumb is to make money on your your movie, you have to make two point five times your production budget just to kind of deal for marketing and advertising and all that stuff. So when you, th- I mean, I'm sure they made it, they did fine in merchandising, and Disney isn't going anyway anytime soon. But so if you do that, they would have had to have made about 625 million dollars um math is really hard but i think that's right so they would have had to make that type of money to kind of break even and so if they didn't even make 400 million like they lost a lot of money on this movie and even even yeah and even even if you do it um conservatively if you just needed to make like some people say it's two times your budget so that's 500 million you're still looking at over hundred million in loss at the box office, which yeah. is just crazy to think about. So it's, it's, and it's just like, what do you, I, I really don't know. And then they went forward with, there was the whole thing with, they said, Hey, we're going to make a Boba Fett movie, which yeah. I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm not really excited for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would be more excited for a Boba Fett movie over Solo because Boba Fett is one of those characters who does kind of have this kind of niche fan following almost. He's a, he's a cooler character. He's more of a mysterious character. He's, he's got different abilities, you know. I know Solo mainly shoots guns and stuff, but like this guy's this guy's a different kind of animal. He's a different beast. And that's what I mean when I say they should have left. I think they should have they should have got the audience hooked on maybe a more lightsabery kind of kid-friendly movie like uh, Obi-Wan. So that when they made yeah. Obi-Wan, we, like Marvel, we were already sort of in on the... We were already indoctrinated in this kind of story and this whole kind of expanding, extended narrative. Like, if you go back and you look at all the early Marvel movies, like Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk, imagine if they released... Now, this is just my kind of theory. I'm not really saying this is this has gospel now, but... 
imagine if they released Black Panther back then. Do you think yeah. it would have been half as as successful if yeah. it was before the likes of the Avengers? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think so at all, really. Yeah, I, 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 and it's it's the same with Solo because it didn't really seem to. Gra- I know the Force Awakens made two billion, and then the Last Jedi made billions as well, and even Rogue One made a billion. So maybe I, maybe I'm wrong in that regard, but. With solos, like Jesus, you could have maybe prolonged it or maybe written it differently, because obviously, and here's another kind of surprise with Solo when they introduced Darth Maul, like that, that like that was such a kind of, I think that was a nod to kind of this is where the, the franchise is going because he's now a villain again because we're going to add Obi Wan into it maybe, and maybe we're going to see Boba Fett be involved here, and I think that Solo was more of a kind of. It was a dark horse that they really pumped all the money in. Yeah. And it just... I, I think it was done completely wrong. I agree. I think with moving forward, I, th- I just think they really need to... I mean, they had to shoot Solo twice, so I don't know what their budget would have been otherwise, but they just need to work on just smarter budgets for this movie. Like, I don't think... Like, a Boba Fett movie should not be more than, like, 70 or 80 million to make, I yeah. think. Like anyway. you, you need to just really strip it down. Um, we're not asking for an indie movie, but you just need to like make it more ground level, less space stuff. Really, just kind of, just like a like a a weird sort of just crime movie, kind of kind of like what DC is doing with that Joker movie. Um, I don't really yeah. know. Where, I don't really know where that's gonna go, but the, the Joaquin it, Phoenix. Yeah, it seems it's kind of. I kind of like that template for some of these more niche characters because. That movie is budgeted at I think fifty five million, and it's just yeah. gonna, and it's going to be just a really interesting character study, or at least they're going to try to make it an interesting character study, which I think I mean Boba Fett's entirely different. He's an entirely different animal, but I think like something like that could really really work, where it's just kind of you're on maybe one planet the whole time, and you just kind of focus on like this just like this rival gang story, or something like that. And, I think yeah. that's I think that's what James Mangold was supposed to direct, and then he he was like, "Nah, I don't want to do this anymore." Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's uh, I I don't know, <laughs> I really really don't know. Like, I feel so bad. Yeah, you're right. Because it's just there's so many like we're probably just gonna raise more questions than answers in this podcast, and it's just I really do not know where you, Star Wars goes from here, and honestly, from yeah. all like. After dealing with all like the Last Jedi stuff, like I didn't really catch any flack online, but it was just like, like I don't want to deal with this, <laughs> you know? Like it's yeah. it's hard. It's really really hard. I know. I, I felt like a I felt blasphemous when I mentioned I liked the Last Jedi in my uh, Blade Runner analysis on Pokemon Movie Babble. <laughs> I kind of did a kind of cursory kind of uh, mention of the Last Jedi and how it subverts things and how it makes things a little bit more interesting, I suppose, but. Luckily, nobody caught on to that, so I was kind of happy there. <laughs> yeah, it's but, just it's just the it's to the point where there's just so much animosity, and you you kind of say like, "Oh, I just I like Star Wars in general," and then you're gonna get pushback from people saying like, "Oh, I don't know, like, oh, this you're wrong," and it's just ah, I don't want to just give me my my weird indie movie that no one knows about, and then I can just watch it in peace, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, 2019 is going to be the year for Star Wars make or break because 2019 has come around. It, it's creeping up fast, and they they got a lot planned in 2019, and not just the one movie. I mean, they obviously got Episode Nine, but they have the two big Star Wars theme parks coming out on, on both coasts in America. Yeah, they have their own streaming service coming out, which could be. I was talking to a friend of mine, Alex. We could actually even get him on the podcast soon enough because I don't know. He, he, he knows a lot of the uh, movie movie stuff, but um, I think that maybe a, a streaming service could be probably a scapegoat for some of these smaller stories, like maybe the Boba Fett thing or uh, Obi-Wan or even something even more peripheral than that. They could maybe play a bit more safe with their streaming services. Yeah, wasn't John Favreau supposed to do uh, like a TV series for their streaming service or, or something like that? I don't, I don't know. 
like they've they, well that's the other thing they've thrown out they're kind of like DC at this point where they just throw they've thrown out all of these different things like oh we're gonna get the Game of Thrones guys to write a trilogy in Star Wars and we're gonna get Ryan Johnson to write a trilogy and then we're gonna get John Favreau to do a TV show and then we're gonna get this and then they come out with a report later like oh we're gonna after Solo we're gonna put the these on hold but we might not put these on hold. And yeah. it's just, it's, it's really goes back to, they just kind of, I, I don't want to say they don't know what they're doing, but they don't know what they're doing. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. This is why they're having all these meetings at the minute with like, uh, you know, Bob Iger is calling for all these meetings now. And they, they, they shoot, they shoot most of these movies in Pinewood studios in, in, in Britain. So it, what I'm trying to say is, is that, look, Basically, what you're saying, they they they're, they're kind of knocking their heads against the wall. That they're exper- they're too afraid to experiment now. It, it's kind of it's gone down a route where they have to play things safe. They have no choice now but to play things safe. If they play any more kind of off the wall or kind of risky, it the chances are it's not going to work out. Like, look, the, they're, what they're trying to do now is they're trying to listen to the fans, and that's exactly what DC did after Batman versus Superman and look what happened. Now, I'm not saying DC is completely doomed. Wonder Woman was great, I thought. Oh, same here. I love love Wonder Woman. Yeah, well, because I wasn't expecting... And that's one thing I was wrong about. I thought Wonder Woman wasn't going to be good. I thought, oh my God, what are they doing making a Wonder Woman movie after Batman vs. Superman? Yeah, I agree. I I mean, my word, that was completely wrong. Yeah, it's... I think it's... That's kind of... I think it was one of those things where they just kind of got away. Like, they... They filmed that movie like in like Australia or something like that, like somewhere like where, like, like the studio meddling was not like possible because they were just so far away. And I think that's the yeah. same. That's the same type of deal, which is why I'm kind of cautiously optimistic for Aquaman because Aquaman yeah. was it was the exact same thing where they just filmed so far away from Warner Brothers so that they couldn't, yeah. they just couldn't mess with what they were trying to do. And, and James Wan is on a bit of a roll at the minute too. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder if <laughs> I wonder if they just need to just all right, let's let's just film this Star Wars movie in Siberia and <laughs> we'll see we'll see you guys in about eight months. Let us know what you have then. <laughs> and then like someone just comes back with, Hey, this is what I have and they're like, Oh, this looks fun. Alright, let's make this. Alright, boom, three million dollars, perfect. Yeah. It, I mean it sounds great. It sounds like the it sounds like a foolproof plan. I mean, if you go, if you go back and look at uh, even Obi Wan, the Obi Wan movie coming out, because apparently Stephen Daldry. Now I know, I know the Obi Wan movie. The brakes are on are on that movie now. It's a lot less aggressive. But Stephen Daldry was attached to that, and he, he directed the likes of uh, Extremely Loud, Incredibly Close, uh, Billy Elliot, The Reader, The Hours. Yeah. I mean these these are these are pretty seasoned directors they have, but now it's like. They don't know what they're doing, and they have to know what they're doing. The time isn't their friend at the minute, and maybe what we're saying, in, you know, in regards to just give them all the space they need, that's probably a start. I'd say, I'd say that's probably a good place to start. Like the way they get, they're giving James Wan all this all this power. Uh, they gave one the, the who, who directed Wonder Woman was a, was a female director. Uh, Patty Jenkins. Yeah, they just gave her everything and. They kind of need to have that te- same template for Star Wars, I think. But oh, I, I'm going to be really, really honest. I don't see it happening. Man. Yeah, I, I don't either. That's the problem. It's just, it's this massive corporate. It's just like this massive corporate product where, yeah. it's if it does, if it doesn't do well at the box office, the stock drops on immediately on Monday, the, the Monday following. It's just, it's, it's. I honestly do not envy anyone who wants to take these movies it's just such a hard thing and i I think i think marvel i think it's really hard to compare this to marvel because marvel it's it's we've established it's just its own thing but they just they just really took their time they figured things out they started really they were almost crawling at the beginning with movies like iron man and incredible hulk like it was just these contained movies that they could they could just kind of figure it out and I mean, even they've even they've retconned like a few things from previous movies. I mean, Edward Norton isn't <laughs> the Incredible Hulk anymore, 
but they just kind of they just they just slowly figured it out and i think ultron was that tipping point for them where they were like all right we can't just cr- try to create all these weird interconnected movies we need to just do more kind of standalone stories with the end credit scenes acting as like the connective tissue sort of thing yeah and i mean there's no end credit scenes or anything like that that's why it's so hard to compare this uh, marvel to star wars but it's like you just need to just it's it's hard it's it's simplistic to say like oh just let the directors do their thing but like you kind of you just need someone who is just going to be able to just go in and make a movie and then just give it give it to disney higher ups and say all right this is it and they're like all right perfect let's move on and yeah i agree like the the difference is is that Star Wars isn't a movie franchise; it's a business. Yeah. Um, well, Disney is a business, and the, the the difference there is that they they need to. They, there's so many planes, There's so many different factors where they have to they have to look at what's going on in the current world, and they have to see what what kind of politics they have to pump into the film. They have to see what actors to pump in. They have to see what stars pull in the most money. It's just, and that's the same when I look at something like Venom. It's like that could tank as well because they. I I, I feel as if that's kind of rushing things as well. The way DC did it, and the way the way Star Wars did it as well. Like like you were saying, Marvel figured it all out very slowly, and that's how you do it. You do it one movie at a time, building up these characters. Yeah. But it's like they made because it, it's like the Force Awakens is almost like. The Avengers, the Avengers type scale, right? An ensemble cast, and then the Last Jedi as well is another huge movie. But then again, it's like it, it kind of it kind of contradicts itself if you want to go more the the Avengers route because that's not the way Star Wars was done in the past. Right. So yeah, I I here's here's the thing. Where what what do what do you want out of what's like your ideal standalone or or just like what is your ideal star wars movie moving forward that you think would really work sorry to put you on the spot but like right now after solo yeah what's the what's the ideal uh story that you want to you want to see is it something just completely different or is it something tied to what we've seen before or like what like what are you really hoping for moving forward it's actually it's a simple question but it's a good one uh, I think I, creatively, I would actually like to see. Now, I, I probably you're probably really just badly disagree with me here, but I'd actually like to see an Obi Wan movie because because you McGregor is the only actor who's sort of not dead either in <laughs> real life or you know in in the in the movies, and he's sort of he's sort of waiting on the sidelines, and he he's a Jedi. Pulls in a lot of money, you know. If, as soon as you start swinging a lightsaber around in a trailer, you will get kids flocking to see that movie. And I'm not just saying that because it pulls in the numbers, but I think that I think that's the correct place to start. All these peripheral movies. Yeah, it's Star Wars lore. It's weird, like in one in in some instances, Star Wars is like, oh, we're not like we're going to cater to the fans, but then also and then sometimes they're not because in in three of their four movies, we've hardly seen a lightsaber. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even in The Last Jedi, like, no one hit a lightsaber into another lightsaber at all during that movie. And the, the guy the guy who was the best ever... Sorry to cut you off, but I had to, I had to fucking say this. <laughs> the guy who was the best ever, Luke Skywalker, as soon as he gets his moment to shine, guess what? He's a hologram. He's not real. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... Oh yeah, it's just they like even I mean Solo doesn't really call for lightsabers, but like you didn't have lightsabers in that. You had Vader at the end of Rogue One with his lightsaber, and that was you didn't have any other Jedi. Like we haven't really, and then even in the Force Awakens, it was just like a small little battle in the woods between Kylo and yeah and Rey. I mean, I'm not saying you just go full on lightsaber schlock, although that would be probably really really fun in some ways, but like. It's just kind of just go back to from like from the story beats, just kind of not even story beats, just like elements, just like pepper in those fun little fun little nuggets that'll get people going. Then you can then you can tell your story that you want to tell 
Um, I, yeah. I can imagine. I th- like it's kind of c- cynical to say, but I think a lot of people would have liked the Last Jedi a little more if it had a little more just like, just like, just like little elements of Star Wars that we've known before. Just like a lot of lightsaber battles, maybe something like that. I don't know. Just I'm kind of yeah. spitballing at this point because I really I have no I have no clue what I think should be work best for this. Yeah, I mean, like another way, Solo is more of a kind of it's basically a cowboy western set in space. And it's like, how how the hell are you gonna how do, how are you gonna inject lightsabers into that? Well, it's it's not a lightsaber movie. It's it's a Han Solo movie, right? But that's what I'm saying about Obi Wan. It's like with Obi and now the fact that they're planning on bringing uh, Darth Maul back, he was a badass character. And I, I know the fact that he, the fact that he was in Solo, that that isn't a kind of. I read that he was actually his character came back in the books apparently in the graphic novels yeah he came back in the I think in the one of the animated things one of the animated shows on yeah. TV too but Clone yeah. Wars or Rebels or yeah one of those of <laughs> I don't want to I, I think that could be another interesting dynamic because what was, the only good thing about the Phantom Menace to me at least was that last fight scene with uh, Qui-Gon, uh, uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Maul. Yeah, I think... That was like such a good, brilliantly choreographed, choreographed scene. If they could get more of that type of stuff in, in the in the current lore, I could actually get behind it with a bit more excitement. Yeah, these these movies, they need, they need that kind of like those jaw-dropping moments in them. And I think, I mean, yeah, Phantom Menace is not necessarily the greatest movie. But like that whole scene is so is just it's it makes your mouth drop like it's yeah. it's it's incredible and then um, I I guess with the Last Jedi you have maybe just the Praetorian Guard fight or I don't know how you say those just like the the weird room where they're fighting all the weird red people just like yeah. that was it's amazing it's amazing it's it's stuff like that like those movie moments that just like make your spine tingle and just like are just like amazing and you're like I can't believe this came to life where like I didn't see any of that in Solo got little spurts of that in Last Jedi even though I kind of like that movie it's uh, it, it they're, they, they need a magic that I don't know if they're not willing to go for or I maybe maybe Star Wars is one of those things where it's just it's this massive, expansive universe, but you can only tell a few stories in it. I don't, I don't really know. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It's like, it's partly one of the reasons why Solo was just so dull and dour, and it was just kind of bland. And what, what did you think of uh, the the scene where he actually got his last name? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that <laughs> I cringed so so hard. It was, yeah. I think. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a screenwriter, but I think I could have came up with a better idea for how to get his name, other than, oh, you don't have any people. You're here. <laughs> you're you're here alone. Your name is Solo. Oh, <laughs> check fuck. check that off the box. Check. Yeah. Jeez. It's because oh I, I sat in the cinema laughing like everybody. Everybody just kind of looked at each other and just. Oh, <laughs> it's that's really really bad. I was I was so shocked that they went there, and and not just because it was a lazy way to do it, but it kind of it kind of diminishes all the meaning behind his fucking last name. Now. Yeah, it's, it's not like look at someone like Skywalker or Obi Wan or you know their names their names are kind of a kind of almost spiritual. It's it's kind of almost related to who they are, who their characters are. Yeah. Now it's just like he just got his name as an excuse to escape. It's like, oh my god. I think I think it's it's one of those things where we all kind of like this is kind of why I really dislike prequels. Like we all kind of say like, oh, it'd be so cool to explore this character more and things like that. But it's sometimes like it's better off just to leave things like unanswered. Yeah. Kind of. Totally. I mean, I kind of, I kind of like Prometheus, but that the entire prequel, like that, and Alien Covenant, like no one really wants, no, like, I don't need two movies to see how we got to like a xenomorph. You know what I mean? 
Like, I don't need, like, just, it's just stuff, there's some things that are better left, like, unanswered or on just, like, just, you just don't need it, you know? But this is weird, because me and you are kind of very similar, because I, I, I like Prometheus as well, and I understand people's kind of hatred towards Prometheus and Alien Covenant. I know there's a lot of stupid shit. Like, a lot, of, a lot of the kind of plot threads kind of rely on someone doing something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're meant to be, you know, genius level, you know, astronauts and spaceship people. You know? Oh, let me, I, oh, I'm what's this of, thing? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my face in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go on this planet and not wear any protect, protective gear on my face. It's like, what, it's such a stupid kind of excuse to make a plot. But even though... I would agree where, you know, if you're going to make an origin story, you kind of have to expect these kind of problems with these these natural prog- problems that are attached to origin stories where we know where it's going to end up. So we kind of have to make things a little bit more, a little, a little different and just make it a bit more clever. Yeah, that's... But that's not going to happen with Star Wars, I don't think. Yeah, it's just, you need to, we know the beginning, maybe we don't know the beginning, but we know where everything is leading up to, so you just have to, you have to make the ride as fun as possible, or else it's just not really worth it, and I, yeah, like, I just don't, like, I didn't feel that with, with Solo at all, I just kind of watched it, like, again, I just kind of watched it, and then that was it, and then I moved on with my life and saw movies that were a lot better than than it, (laughs) it's just... I don't. I don't know. I really, I really do not know. That's the thing. I mean, I, I know we said it earlier, but to me, Solo, it wasn't you know, quote unquote, nothing movie to me. But I actually did. I, I didn't hate the movie. I, I know we're kind of we're really, we're really punching below the belt here with, with Solo. But I really, I, I think the movie at least had a lot of heart. There was a bit of heart behind it. I liked the way it showed how he. Yeah, I agree. Met Chuck. There were there were parts where it kind of did make me kind of smile. Yeah, I yeah I don't I don't yeah I don't want to I don't hate it I don't hate the movie either. It's it's fine. It's it's a I think it's a it's a good cable watch maybe if you're yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. But I it's like you should we should probably all expect more from these movies or just movies in general you know. But yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any? It's just, it's- do you, have any, do you have much else to say? Um, I think that, uh, like I was going to talk about Amelia Clark in Solo. Oh, go for it. Yeah, because she was, uh, she, she kind of got a lot of, not on the same level as Kelly Marie Tran, but I, I saw a lot of people unhappy with her performance because apparently, you know, she's not the most beloved actress because people say she can't act for shit, but... I don't. I I really didn't mind her, but the thing that frustrated me about Solo was that uh, when Solo, when Han Solo got back to her character, I think her name was Kira. Or yeah, Kira. it's Q I apostrophe R A. Some something weird. Yeah. Well, however, we had the pro- we had the same problem the last podcast as well with pronouncing names. <laughs> that's really just gonna bad. be that's just gonna be a running theme throughout all of these. <laughs> yeah, we should make it. We should make it. A, Spin-off podcast, just trying to... <laughs> it's that prominent. But <laughs> Amelia Clark's character, I, I thought she was going to be kind of this this kind of uh, tool, this kind of plot tool for Han Solo, where it would kind of explain uh, Han Solo's kind of cynical outlook towards romance. Because there were, there were moments in the film, particularly the second half of the film, where um, th- they got back together. And I thought, oh, this is going to be... They're gonna have a fight now or something. I thought they were gonna split up, and they weren't. She was gonna be behind. Uh, she was sort of gonna be behind the whole kind of evil plot of the film. And partly she kind of was, but I thought that they. I thought that was a golden opportunity for them to kind of really show where Han Solo kind of developed this kind of bad boy rebellious outlook even more, like tenfold. Because now I know they had they had sequels planned, and it was probably to be more developed but I just didn't really get that and there, there were no don't get me wrong I liked uh, Alden uh, here we go again uh, Alden Ehrenreich's performance there you go <laughs> <laughs> although I liked his performance 
there were parts of uh, Solo where it was kind of like, I kept asking myself, would Harrison Ford Solo actually say something like, would he say something like that? Yeah. And it was kind of making me butt heads against the movie because there was one part toward the end where Amelia Clark's character looked at him and said something like, word is, uh, is smile and I thought that Solo was going to say something really kind of uh, you know kind of kind of kind of cynical like like the way he usually is like oh shut up or something get a rumor <laughs> the, the way he told Leia right. I know when she said I love you You're right. in the Empire Strikes Back but that was the one thing about Solo that kind of had my nose knocked out of joint I was like mm, yeah it does kind of feel like a Han Solo movie but then again it kind of does yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just one of those. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, it just, I'm just kind of. I don't want to say I'm done with Star Wars because I think there's just there's just so many cool things you could do with this. But I think I'm in the boat where it just kind of has to just win my, my like win my attention back, I guess. Because I'm I just I can't deal with another. Oh, this movie is this is the worst thing ever. This this movie hates conservatives. This movie hates uh, liberals, or this this movie didn't do what I wanted, or this movie didn't do what I wanted, and now let's make remake the Last Jedi, and it's uh, it's it's just I I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired, Steve. I'm tired. <laughs> so I I know what you're saying. It's exhausting living in this whole kind of you know PC culture now. And- I think that the whole kind of like when you look at someone like Donald Glover, I, I think Donald Glover was actually really good in Solo. I do too. I thought he was great. Like I know a lot of people said that he was just doing an impersonation of uh, of, of the previous line. I don't I, I don't know the name of that actor actually. Oh, I'm What's blanking. I'm blanking too. Oh, it's gonna bother me. Um, Billy D. Williams. There yeah. we go. Oh, yeah. we were never gonna hear the end of that if we couldn't have gotten that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was going to be a, a, people were saying it was a Williams impersonation but I, I, I really disagree I thought Donald Glover did brilliant like I thought he was I was like as I was watching it going as I was watching it I was like wow like he really got this character down yeah it was... I don't mind the whole kind of I know people were very unhappy with the whole kind of uh, that, that robot's name L337 or something yeah I think that's the robot's name and that was one part of the movie that didn't hit me at all because we don't know this robot. We don't know this character. We're just told that they're kind of in this quasi uh, romantic relationship and then the robot gets killed or destroyed. Yeah. It's just, there's just nothing to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, well, I think on that note, I think, I think that about wraps it up for what we have to say. Um, I, it's Star Wars is it's in a tough spot, but uh, I think even though we've both kind of said our piece, I think we really hope that it figures it out. Something happens here, but I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. So, um, Steve, uh, I th- thank you again for being on. I really appreciate really appreciate it. And oh, worries. Thanks for inviting me back again. I thought you were never ever going to invite me back again. <laughs> it was a good sign when I saw your email. Nice. You know, <laughs> And yeah, that, that about does it for us. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Um, and until next time, uh, thank you.